Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Johnny Cassell. Johnny is a London-based dating consultant who works with high net individuals, helping them to get a handle on their dating life. Johnny, can you tell me a little bit about the type of people that you work with and what you do? Yeah, sure. I mean, the type of people I work with are all successful individuals in their own right. Um, A common pattern that I see with my clients is they spend so much time investing in the knowledge and skills in their career that they've actually had to sacrifice their social and dating life. So that's where I come in. Can you talk about some of the job professions of people that uh, you might work with? Sure. So I got a lot of people that work in the city, people that are involved in property. Uh, and I've also got like the old trust fund kids uh, that come in, you know, and they, they've been living a life where if there's ever a problem, it's just, you know, it's gone. It's eradicated. But this isn't something that you can do that. You actually have to understand social dynamics, understand people, and get a grip on it yourself. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag of people. It is a mixed bag of people. Um, But mainly, yeah, I I deal with a lot of high net worth individuals that are very successful, trust fund kids, um, those sort of people. I find that fascinating because I think there are some people who are listening to this who are going to fit within that category. But there are also a lot of people listening to this podcast who are going to say, well, like that's really the goal, right? You just get rich and then you have girls. Like it's, it's an automatic process. You make money, you drive a fancy car you buy a big house, uh, and everything else is uh, rolling downhill. Would you disagree with that? Um, what would your client say to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And because here's the thing, it's a complete misconception. You're, you're actually not dealing with the core issue itself. You know, it, it, you think it, it's just to cover up what needs to be done. You know, the flash car, the the holidays, posting the pictures on Instagram, you know, all this, it doesn't, it, it's an illusion. It's just to cover up what you haven't got, right? And, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be have such a business if, there, if, if that was the case. So all these guys who want to be James Bond, they want to drive uh, nice cars, they want to have, I mean, you have a really cool accent, but uh, <laughs> they, 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 want, they want a British accent, they want to... Uh, uh, they want cool gadgets like those things are not going to help them get the girl. I mean, <laughs> they certainly help get a bit of attention, but it doesn't define your success with women. If you've got, you know, the really cool uh, Omega, Omega Seamaster watch or, you know, the brand new Aston Martin, it, all right, you're going to look like a cool dude. But if you're not socially capable of actually going up to someone and at least saying hello... You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've got a friend of mine, and he's probably the most good-looking guy I know. And all the girls, they look at him and go, oh, my God, your friend. I go, yeah, I know, he's good-looking. And then when I introduce them, they're so disappointed and frustrated because he hasn't got that social capacity within him. You know, so this is something that everyone needs to invest in. So, okay, so you're a guy out there, and you have everything, or maybe you don't have everything. Where do you start? Okay, the first thing I want to do is I'll sit them down and work out what they actually want to get from it. Everyone approaches me, approaches me for different reasons, whether it's to you know, have more options on the table with girls, whether it's to find the one or increase your social life. What I'm teaching is people skills. It's just I've niched it down and marketed it towards helping men with women. But these skills can be applicable in our dating, our social, and our business lives. 
So that's the first conversation I have. And what do you want to get out of your time spend with me? And then we sit down and we work out a roadmap from how we're going to start and how we're going to end and how we're going to get there. So, for example, if it's like he wants to find the, you know, the girl of his dreams, well, what I do, I sit down, I, I tend to write down two lists. Visually, what does she look like? And we've all, written, we've all had this list, we've got an idea of what we like, and normally what's on this list is she has to be hot. <laughs> which is ridiculous you know it's too vague it is an abundance of hot girls out there but you need to be more specific you need to be more detailed the more detailed you are the more standards you have and the more value you put across so it's a good way of setting the frame so a really good tip is if you're trying to use this exercise to raise your awareness of what you actually like, use detail rather than vague uh, descriptions. So you wouldn't be writing down something like, oh, yeah, she's got to have nice eyes. She's got to have nice lips. What is it about those eyes that you like? Maybe it's the makeup. The way that she wears her makeup draws your attention towards her eyes. Now, when it comes to actually giving that girl a compliment, do you think that's something she would have heard in her life before? I'm guessing not. So it ties into a lot of things. It raises your awareness of what you like. It makes you have standards. And it also helps you with creating impact on your approach. And when you, when you uh, give compliments, it's coming from a more genuine and sincere place. She's heard stuff like she's got nice eyes, she's got new lips, she looks hot a thousand times before. She knows all these things, but she hasn't heard it in the way that you're going to deliver it. So that's the first thing, visually working out what you like. But then it's the qualities. You know, I, I, I talk about a lot of my clients is you've got to have the investor's mindset. Because, you know, I, I don't want to de-romanticize the whole thing. Women are an investment. You know, you're going to spend most of your life with this woman. By definition, she's going to be good looking because that's what you go for. But what else? What else has she got? Because looks are going to fade, you know. And women know this. It's a constant battle. And that's why the beauty industry is a multi-billion pound industry. Because women are chasing the clock. So they know that they've got to give something extra than just looks. Otherwise, you're going to be one of those cliche businessmen that just goes after the 20-something girl um, with the push-up bra and the sticky-out ass. You know? <laughs> so they've got to bring something else to the table. So you've got to filter for that. What sort of qualities am I looking for? Is she family orientated? Is she more of a career woman? Is she a professional or an entrepreneur? Is she, um, is she quite passive or is she quite fiery? I mean, me, myself, I was in a passive relationship for a, quite a while and it took me that experience to realize that's not what I want because I ended up taking liberties in the relationship. So now I go for really bitchy, uh, fiery women. I've had a long history of dating Jewish girls. That's where I find most of my pool of women. <laughs> but you can see where I'm coming from. That's the sort of conversation I'll have initially with my clients. It's visually what, do you, what are you looking for and the character traits. What character traits are you looking to take on board in your life? Because this is going to be an investment. So like I always say, get the best return on your time. I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. So a guy out there, he's listening to this. He's it's a week from now he's defined sat down defined what he's looking for physically and emotionally in a woman what type of characters and values that she should have once he's defined this woman that he wants to meet what do you do then okay now he's actually got to go out there and get off his ass and make a few approaches get approaches under your belt at the beginning it's going to be 
quantity over quality. It's good that we're now conscious of what we like. That's important. It means we're not going to settle for something out of convenience, which probably a lot of people that you know around you do and probably fell victim of that mindset in the past yourself. But you've got your standards. You know what you want. You've got your direction. Now it's about building up the approaches because the more people you approach, the more experience you're going to gain. Now what you'll find is there's only so many patterns in human behavior and if you've been there more times than the average man, you're going to be quicker than the average man, which is going to improve your wit and direction you're going to take conversation. The ability to think on your feet is going to improve a hundred more times than the average guy because you've been there more times than the average guy. So that's what I'll say. And one thing I did when I first started out was I got myself a little pocket diary and I'd write down the little things that I'd done, my little breakthroughs, because the big thing as guys is what we do is we never reward ourselves. And that can be in anything. It can be in, you know, in, you know, in business. We may have set ourselves a certain goal and we're just thinking about the next goal. We're so goal-orientated. And then at the end of a year, we think we haven't done anything and we get all frustrated. And if we dwell on that so much, it could actually lead to depression. So it's actually very important to write down your little obstacles that you've overcome and be aware of your success. This is called something like, you know, it's, it's self-coaching. It's funny because I literally wrote an article about this this morning as a response to somebody who had written a very good diary entry on a, a form on our website. And I think it's so important for exactly the re- same reasons that you talked about. You can see your progress. Sometimes I'll go home, I'm back to California, and I'll go through a, an old box like in my mom's garage and I'll find a note that I wrote like in the third grade and immediately takes me back to how I felt or um, how I thought about things at that time. It's amazing. Literally, like I feel those exact things, even though I didn't know that note even existed still. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. The second thing it does is it, it allows guys to document the things that they're doing. And when you think about things in a more intense way, like for example, by writing them down, you're making notes, you're making observations, you can start to really think about them in a more detailed way that you can actually use the information. Mm-hmm. And I went through kind of like a series of, of steps. The first step being you do something and you are unaware that you're doing it. It's, it's, I think the first thing is it's, it's like once you're conscious about something, it then is embedded in a subconscious. So your journey is just directed that way subconsciously. Like you're not even conscious of it anymore. So that's why that's why I'm saying like with the exercise of like having the two lists and visually like what you like and the qualities, that's a little conscious exercise. And then it's almost like you forget about that and you just put it in the back of your head. And then you go out in your everyday life and you become more aware of what you like now. It's like, you know, before I bought my car, you're gonna laugh. This is so typically English, but I went and bought a Range Rover. Okay, uh, <laughs> but before I went and bought a Range Rover, I just started saying, okay, I like Range Rover. And I, I went out driving the car that I had and I started looking out on the road and I saw like 10 or 20, 30 times more Range Rovers than I previously had seen. But there hadn't been an increase of Range Rovers on the, on the road. It had just been a heightened awareness of that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great explanation. I, I think I talked about awareness, control, and mastery, but I think that's actually a, a great explanation. Johnny, how can someone get in and stay in state when they're out to meet girls? Okay, there's a number of things you can do to keep yourself in state. And the first thing I would say is your mindset. If you choose to project the thoughts of I don't want to go out or I can't be asked, then you're going to convey that. Your body language is going to follow. Like Your computer is like a brain. You choose what you want to put inside it. 
You know, you choose what thoughts you want to process and your body will follow. So the first thing is actually kind of conning yourself into it. Like, okay, I'm going to have a good night tonight. You know, it sounds ridiculous, but I, I, I tell you what leads me, this, uh, leads me to this. I went to do a, um, a skydive. And it was a two-day thing. The first day was a lot of ground training and a lot of messing around, really. Wasn't really taking it serious, which I definitely should have. And the second day was, okay, we're not pissing around now. It's time to get in that plane and climb that sky and jump out. And it, it's a rickety old thing. No one was really laughing anymore. I looked around. Everyone's got a green face. They're all thinking the same thing. How am I going to get out of this? What am I going to do? And I start thinking the same as well. I go, oh, for God's sake, like, what, what have I got to do? I'm saying, what the hell have I got to do? I mean, who's, what, who's, what sort of wise guy come up with this idea? And, and then I thought, wait a minute, Johnny, you teach this. This is just in a game. You know, you've got to control your mindset right now. So I start telling myself, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. And I basically conned myself into it by pushing, and that, that alone, that, that, that teaching myself that pushed me out of the door. And I tell you what, it was the most amazing experience. So what I learned from that as well is, it's, it all ties down to approach anxiety. We, we often fear the unknown, but if we trace back to every time that we've actually discovered the unknown, something beautiful has blossomed from it. Like if I didn't position my mindset in the right place, I would have experienced such an amazing experience, you know, and it's the same thing when you're approaching. So there's a little tip for someone that's got to approach anxiety. You, you've got to understand, you've got to trace it back to like every time that you've embraced the unknown, something beautiful has actually happened. You know, so whether it's meeting someone, jumping, jumping out of a plane, doing a bungee jump, doing anything out of your comfort zone. But day-to-day -day getting in state, it's, I always say it's just the first couple of approaches to get out of the way that gets you in the mood. Um, so just give yourself a rule, three approaches uh, of asking for directions, asking for the time, a compliment, just really lame stuff to break that social convention. I call it social snowballing. And then when you do that a couple of times, you look to build on it. I was invited to a birthday party, um, you know, years ago. Now, I still get invited to birthday parties, don't get me wrong, but this particular one, um, I remember quite clearly. I got one of those phone calls, and it was like, Johnny, it's so-and-so's birthday tonight. Are you coming? And I'm just sighing. I'm like, oh, it's always someone's birthday. You know, I want a bit of time to myself. So I basically told myself, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But I let my friend drag me out, and I had the, the mindset of, I don't want to be here all night. And it was like 15 minutes left to the evening, and I got introduced to someone. And then suddenly, after that interaction, I was all peaked up. I, you know, I was ready to talk to anyone. And I will always reference back to that moment. I, I see, I see um, people as like an energy reserve. I look at it as like a computer game. You go through that level and you get a few hits, you know, you get knocked a few times and your energy's running low and then you hit the checkpoint and you get revitalized again. That's what you always need to see like the interactions. They will always give you energy because they might be running on better state than you are and that's a state transference. I don't know if you, you teach your guys that state transference. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we usually don't use that terminology, but we do talk about these kind of same concepts. Do you want to explain what that means for sure. the Sure, so state transference, um, pretty much, it, it, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, like whatever you project in your head, you transfer that state. So you never invite the guy 
that you know is the black cloud to the party because you because he gives off that energy of oh you know I'm having a shit time or you know I don't I don't want to be here so that's the guy that never gets invited to the party so he's got the wrong mindset but you can actually control your mindset you don't want to be the guy that you know is taking away the fun you want to be the guy that just bring in the fun so if I if I looked at you if I could see you over a Skype call right now and I looked at you and I projected something in my head I could easily make you feel uncomfortable by me choosing what I'm going to project in my head, I can make you feel uncomfortable. Maybe I project in the word like, I don't know, you're a C-U-N-T or something ridiculous, right? And the way I'm looking at you is going to make you feel really uncomfortable. But then I choose to change. Notice what I'm saying. I choose to change because you're in complete control of how someone else feels. I choose to change what goes on in my head. So maybe I just start choosing some sexual thoughts and I start looking you over the Skype call right now. And then again, you're going to feel really uncomfortable. You might even question your sexuality, but it's a state transference. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, I understand completely. I mean, the way that we usually explain this, there's a few things uh, that we kind of go into and we talk about Basically, however you're feeling manifests in your kind of physiology and your choices, right? And so what happens is it's contagious. So how you're feeling is, is literally, literally contagious to the people around you. Um, there's another element that you were kind of talking about when you talked about state transfer. And the way that I would probably explain it is when you're interacting with anybody, they're going to react to your stimulus, right? And that's the way that they see you. That could be the way that you're dressed, the way you make eye contact. It could be the way that you smell. I mean, if you smell like BO because you haven't showered for a month. Um, they, they, they're, they're probably going to, that, that's going to, that is going to have a reaction on people. If it's a, if you're uh, intimate with somebody physically, uh, the way that, that you taste, the way that you touch them, but you think about the senses and, and you're going to communicate that transfer, as you call it, that's kind of state transfer it starts with how you feel manifest through your body language and choices. And it's going to be transferred through their senses. And uh, so I think you're right on. Absolutely. But the key thing that I want your listeners to, to understand is that you choose. Correct. You know, yeah. It's that word there, you choose. You know, so, and that's a very, very powerful, and it's also powerful in, in, and dangerous in the wrong hands. Uh, especially when you look at the likes of people, you know, like world leaders. You know, but that's a whole conversation altogether. You know. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Once you, ha- I mean, you look at someone like Hitler. Yeah. That would, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into a deep conversation about that, but, you know, that's just a big example of that sort of power in the wrong hands. I think that you're absolutely right. I mean, even in New York, uh, we had Madoff who kind of stole billions of dollars by using kind of these same skills from people who didn't suspect it. And then you have people in, in, in kind of world history who use these things for good guys uh, like Gandhi or Mandela. And so I think I think you're right on. Another th- kind of thing that I thought of as you were talking, Jim Carrey a while back made a movie called Yes Man. Yes. And, and uh, in the movie, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, he challenges himself to say yes to everything for a year. Whoever hasn't, for your listeners, whoever hasn't watched that, they should definitely watch it. You know, if there's if someone that's always wrapped up in the comfort zone, try, struggling to get out of the house, watch that film. You're right. It's an epic film. Yeah, and like, and it made me think of kind of what you were saying. We all sort of kind of live in this box, which we call our habits, like our, our kind of normal life. We go to job, our work. It's the people that we normally see. It's the grocery store that we drop by to, uh, to normally grab food with restaurants we normally eat at. And we have these opportunities that, especially if you're doing what you're talking about, 
given off the right energy, but even if we're not, <laughs> we all have opportunities that come up. And it's a question of whether or not we choose, as you said, to take advantage of these opportunities. And uh, it's a good exercise for a month. Just go out there and say yes to everything. I think there's one or two things that we'd probably say no to, but yeah, definitely. Ma- that might that might be true too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can see that going this going into some really funny directions. <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have some really awkward emails coming off the back of this. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but you yeah. told me to do this. No, no, yeah. that's not what we replied. <laughs> you'll you'll definitely get a lot more action. I'm not sure it's the type of action you want, but you'll have more opportunities. <laughs> oh, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think, I think I think this is great, man. I have another question: What are some common limiting beliefs that that men have regarding their dating life, and how can guys eliminate them? Really good question. Really good question. Like, so a common one is I'm too old, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's ridiculous. You know, it's not it's not about you know this is it's not about looks. Okay, it's about value. And as an older man, you only you only gain more value, you know. You, you you get you're more knowledgeable, you're more wealthier. In actual fact, when we get older as men, we actually become more handsome. So yeah, yeah you know, I'm too old is a ridiculous limited belief. A ridiculous limited belief. Um, you know, women women have a, a different struggle. For them, it, it is difficult when they get old. You know, because men are shallow. And the looks is the first thing that they'll they'll go for, but with men it's different. So that that's that's one of the the biggest limited beliefs. Um, another limited belief would be, um, she doesn't like me, she won't like me, or she's gonna tell me to f off. Like, well, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for eight years, right? And I've never seen. I've never seen or been given the F off. And that's our biggest fear, right? That's our biggest fear. And if that's our biggest fear, like I want to see the F off. I want to see how bad that is. <laughs> so I think those are two, two biggest sticking points. Um, any more? Oh, I don't want to disturb her. I don't want to disturb her and her friends. Well, so what? You think she put on her amazing little cocktail dress, you know, her pair of Jimmy Choo shoes. She looks fucking amazing. For what? A, a friendly conversation with her friend at a bar? No. Like, <laughs> she, she puts so much effort in the way she looks to be approached. You know, women go out to be approached. If she wants to go out for a friendly chat, they can do that over coffee somewhere. Or, a, at, or at but, home. At home, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's, there's loads of ridiculous limited beliefs. But to, to outrule all of it, I would have this mindset. This is what I teach my clients is always assume it's on. Always assume it's on because you've got to come from a leading mindset. And guess what? If it's not on, about the time you're over there, it is now. You know, so I, I, I think that is a very powerful mindset to have. Always assume it's on. It's funny because even as you were you're kind of describing this, you talked about how many guys are scared of, uh, approaching because they're worried that the girl's going to tell them to F off. And I started thinking, yeah. yeah, but she might tell you to F now. 
<laughs> exactly. That's what you're missing out on. That's what you're missing out on. So, she might she might be right watching Jim Carrey's Yes Man. That's true. I, I, I've had guys. It's been. I mean, it, I've actually had situations where a guy goes out. I remember one guy who later on actually coached for us. And the first time he when he first started, he was terrified to approach girls, and and, and he was shaking when we, he was trying to make a decision on whether or not he should just come out with us. And uh, I mean, literally, he was shaking about the decision about whether or not he should come out with us. And then he came out with us the first night and it turned out some girl was on vacation. She walked up and, to him and said, you're cute and took him home and had sex with him. <laughs> well, well that, that's, you know, that's a guy that needs to be led. Yeah, it, it was it was funny. Um, but I mean, it does happen. So it made me think of that sometimes. Yeah, I mean. You're right. Like girls. She, was a, she was a yes girl. She was a yes girl. <laughs> That's right. Um, but no, I think these are great suggestions. Dating coach Chris Luna here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchristmas.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website. Craft Charisma Live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. I have another question when it comes to kind of looks, right? So a lot of guys have insecurities about the way that they look, just like lots of women have insecurities about the way that they look. How can a guy overcome these insecurities about his his appearance? Well, here's the thing, you know, like we do judge a book by its cover. You know, everyone is shallow as fuck and everyone can make themselves look 100% better. I used to dress like absolute crap. So I realized this and... I got assistance in that area of my life. Now I know what to what to wear, what colors to buy, what sort of cut in the outfit I need to look for, you know, because it enhances the way I look. So get styling advice, be well-groomed. There's no excuse for bad hygiene. You shouldn't be going to a bar with Florence Nightingale's waxy candle hanging out of your ear or straggly hairs coming out of your neck. It's just... There's no excuses for that. So you, you look after yourself. It's not to say you've got to look like Enrique Iglesias or, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. You've just got to look after yourself. Like, it's it's as simple as that. I mean, look at it like this. I mean, Jay-Z, for, for instance, Jay-Z, I mean, he's not exactly an attractive guy, <laughs> right? This guy is not an attractive guy. However, he's got that hottest chick in that game. What does she see in Jay-Z? She sees value. It's a value. It's the perception of value. That's what would happen into. And it doesn't mean you have to be a billionaire rap star. You just have to convey value. And it doesn't mean you have to convey value financially. 
you might have to convey value in other areas in her life that she's lacking. You know, when we, t- we start to talk about like the yin and the yang. Can you talk about that? Because I think you're leading to a great point. Well, you know, we're all looking for someone that can enhance our lives, aren't we? We're not looking for someone that I, you know, I really want to move away from this whole pickup analogy of, yeah, I'm going to go out tonight and, you know, get some hot girl and bang her. Like, okay, you go and do that for a bit. But it's not about that, you know? It's really not about that. You're not addressing the core issue of what you actually want. So you're actually you're actually trying to find someone that can enhance your life rather than drag your life down. And we're all, I mean, everyone thinks, they're going through life, and they think, you know, oh, I'm looking for a 10. I'm looking for a 10. 10s don't exist. We're all broken. Fuck's sake, you know. What you're, what you're really looking for is a good 9. Because there needs to be that extra bit left for you both to build something together. Women who a lot of guys think are 10s, they're on the cover of magazines, they walk runways, they are on billboards, they're on movies. I don't know one of them who thinks that they're a 10. No, they, um, you know, I, I've got a lot of model friends and, you, you know, they have the worst limited beliefs of all the people I've met. They, they a lot of them are, <laughs> are drug addicts. A lot of them, you know, that they'll sleep with a guy every night. They've got tons of insecurities, ridiculous amounts of insecurities. You know, it's, but it's just the culture that they're around, just, just the pressure that they're, uh, they've been put under. It's, um, and, and the sort of families they perhaps maybe have come from, you know, and that's not to say they come from a deprived family, maybe they come from a really well-off family, they had it too easy, or they've had it too good, you know, they've had it too bad. Yeah, I mean, look, models are great, they're good fun, and, you know, it's, again, it all goes down to and what I initially said, it's the two lists we're talking about here, I'll always go back to this, it's does she qualify, does she qualify enough, or is she just that pretty face. You know, for me, I go for very prestigious looking women, prominent cheekbones, tall, skinny blondes. And I actually was dating a few girls before I met the girl I'm, I'm with now. And they were models. And yeah, the banter was going on, it was a bit back and forth, but there was just not, it, I was like, what else? Okay, okay, but what else? What else? Yeah, what else is there? And. It just wasn't enough. Well, I think this, this thing that you talked about with the two lists is, is a great point. And it's a great way to kind of start the conversation, right? Because I think anyone who kind of has a lot of experience dating realizes very quickly that uh, looks are not really as important as a lot of guys think. They are important, right? If you're not attracted to somebody, you will absolutely stray um, physically, emotionally. But there are it's so important to have these kind of other qualities. And anyone who's kind of dated more attractive women realizes this, like I said, very quickly. With this said, I I, I think that a lot of the guys who are kind of listening to this, they, they might have an idea, maybe they haven't defined it, and hopefully after listening to this, this conversation we're having, they will kind of more clearly define these two areas. But once somebody has defined these things that they're they're really looking for in a woman, where does he go out to find her? Well, that's a beautiful question because that's something else I teach my clients. It's aligning yourself with the right environments. And again, it all ties in to what I teach of having the investor's mindset. You always want to get the best return on your time. If you're consistently going to that bar that's local from you because it's convenient and you're trying to kid yourself going, oh, one day, one day there's going to be the girl of my dreams that walks through the door, quit while you're ahead because you're kidding yourself. It's not going to happen. 
if you're around the sort of people that are not actually adding value to this area of your life, they're de-accelerating this area of your life, get away from them. Find people that are adding value in this area of life. And the types of venues you want to be looking at, you want to put your head inside, you know, that tens head. I know we just said it weren't actually a ten, but you know, that 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 ten, what sort of places does she go? And widened widen your perspective on it. Don't just think bars. Think what ways does she <laughs> don't tell this long way, I'm gonna turn all your listeners into stalkers. <laughs> but you know, what ways do you walk to work? You know, what do you do on your lunch breaks? Do you sit there behind your desk, scoffing your face in front of the computer screen when you could actually be spending an hour or 15 minutes just popping down the local Starbucks and chatting to a couple of girls on the way? You know, maybe, maybe don't go to clubs anymore. Go to lounge bars. Maybe go to a more high-end gym than your cheap $20, $20 budget gym. Because the actual fact, it's actually more expensive for you not to go to the high-end gym because you're not getting a good return on your time. Because the sort of women that you want aren't there. So you've really got to think holistically. Get yourself out of the club environment, the nightlife environment, and think, where am I going to find these girls? Align yourself with these environments. Women are everywhere. I'll often tell people, I'll say, you know, if you're attracted to like women who are fit, then join a running club or exactly like you, I think that's a great suggestion. You go to a higher end club. I know when I, when I was in college, I went to school in New York at Columbia. And at one time we were out at a bar and uh, we met a group of girls and they were doing exactly what you said. They mm-hmm. were from Long Island, but they had come in not to the club scene. They had come in to hang out at the local bars <laughs> around is, is Columbia. It, isn't it funny? Isn't it yeah. funny? So, so just stealing the girl's code. We're stealing the girl's cheat sheet here. That's basically what we're doing. We're stealing their maneuvers. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense, right? So start thinking kind of more holistically about what type of people that you want to want to be around. And this is this goes beyond dating, right? Oh, that's, like, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, what I'm talking teaching here is people skills. You know, we niche it down to, um, you know, get the girl of your dreams or whatever for marketing purposes. But these skills can be applied in all areas of your life. 100 percent right. Um, I have another question kind of about aggressive guys. So you're out, you're in the environment that has a type of woman that you want. Maybe it's a, hopefully it's a part of your social circle, right? Uh, as you described, it's, um, the gym you go to, or maybe it's a yoga class you go to and you see this girl who, as you describe as a 10, but really like that is just, a. She's I a mean, nine. It, well, yeah. <laughs> or nine or oh, whatever, nine. <laughs> but, but really, I mean, as, well, as here's, the, here's the thing, here's the thing, like they actually start off as a five. Really? Because physically, you're thinking, okay, physically, she's okay. She's a few things on my list, but she hasn't scored the rest of the points yet because you haven't gone over there and got to know her yet. So that's what I think listeners should really be getting from this. When you see a girl, she's a five. Then when you go over there and you find out a bit more about her and she starts revealing that she could actually possess the qualities you want to take on board in your life, then okay, maybe she's a six, maybe she's a seven, maybe eight, maybe she's not. Maybe, maybe she's a ten. Maybe she's a 10, but what you need to realize is you're a 12 because if you're not a 12, she'll go and find someone that knows that they are. She's looking for a strong man that's able to lead her through life. And the guys that don't understand this and don't qualify her, you see instantly around you, they're under the thumb, they're pussy whipped, 
And you know what? The woman may say, oh, okay, you know, it's just I like to run the relationship. I like to wear the socks. She doesn't. She'll get bored. Yeah, I think this is a great point. I mean, what I was what I was going to say was like that girl who's a nine or ten, like kind of fits is basically she's your ideal as far as your sheet goes. But you're absolutely right. What you're talking about is something kind of beyond that. You're talking about how to, the, the importance of being selective when you meet a woman and in order to kind of re- retain her value and, and maintain attraction. She doesn't qualify because she's hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's like, for the listeners out there, okay, like you go out to the gym and you see the girl in the in the tight yoga pants and she's tra- and she looks awesome, but she's just a five. She doesn't qualify yet. She might be an absolute dick. You know, you don't know. Okay, cool. So I'm totally following you. So let's say that the girl's a five, <laughs> but she, yeah. she has the potential to be an eight or nine. Oh, they all have and, potential. And, 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 uh, you, you're, you want to get to know her. You're interested, but you find some like obnoxious guy who is hanging out, uh, in the yeah, environment, yeah. hanging out at the club, but hanging out at the bar, hanging out at the coffee shop who keeps hitting on her and you don't know what to do. What, what should a guy do in that situation? Because I know a lot of guys who are listening to this are like, I've been there and I went from where I thought I was a, a seven to a three. And uh-huh. um, we're, we're we're using a lot of numbers here. So basically, yeah. So like, how does a guy deal with somebody who's kind of overly aggressive or obnoxious? Well, here's the thing: like, she knows he's a dick. She knows he's a dick. So you don't have to be bummed out by it. Like, if you've if it's already going well with you and her, and this big brute guy comes in, you know, and tries to have his way, she's not going to have it. She doesn't want that. Uh, there's, there's many ways you can do it. I mean, I've talked about, um, social snowballing, which I would then go on to talk about building up your relationships with the hierarchy in certain environments. And that could be, you know, in any social environment, whether it be a club, a bar, a, a gym. Um, and if you've got these sort of relationships with people and this guy is actually really being an arsehole, like really becoming a problem where you think something's going to escalate pretty bad, then all you have to do is probably text the bouncer and get him removed. Um, you should have those relationships with the this key sort of people if you're going to these places on a regular basis. Um, but you've got to understand, you know, your social value is worth a lot more than his bullying tactics. I think you're right. I, there, I, it made me think of a story. One night I was out coaching in New York in this uh, kind of swank rooftop lounge. And there was one of the biggest pickup companies in the world was running a workshop at the same time. And one of the guys who was a coach for them... I mean, the guy had everything going for him. The guy was like really tall, very good looking. He looked like Fabio. Will you, will had... you stop grooming my ego? <laughs> but he, he, <laughs> he, he, the guy was tall. He was good looking. He had his hair kind of down to his back. I mean, the guy looked like Fabio. He had everything going for him except his brain. And, uh, he ended up, he ended up, uh, I had this guy who is really was just like an average guy. He worked as, uh, like as a plumber, really wonderful human being. And he approached, this group and I saw this guy, this coach kind of come in and they're being really aggressive probably because they felt threatened because they knew I was there and they know who I am. And so this guy kind of enters the group and he walks in front of my client and just steps right in front of him. And normally I would kind of intervene uh, at that point, but you, you want to kind of balance it because you don't want it to turn into kind of a shit show, right? And so uh, he ends up walking into the to the group and just steps in front of this guy and blocks it out. And I was like, 
Ah, oh, fuck. Well, you know what? The girls, like within 30 seconds, the interaction fell apart because they realized that this guy was a social retard. Yeah, and that's important that you mentioned that. Like, you know, that they know it's not your fault. You know, the worst thing that can happen is they think that he's associated with you. So it's just to make that make sure that's clear after this guy spent his two minutes trying to look cool. Um, I had, I was with a client in um, in Mayfair, and I, I took him out. And he was in an interaction, so I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to crack on these girls over here. So I, so I opened him up, and and it, the girl was really bitchy, and I love a bitchy girl. I, I, I love a bitchy girl. I'm really weak for it. Um, and it took me a while, but I managed to crack him. And this guy comes over, and he starts running in, like jumping in the set, uh, really drunk. And I just kept my cool, and I pulled over his mate. I was like, look, what you just done wasn't cool. Okay, like you know, you should know this as a guy. You it should be a guy code here. It's just something you don't do. And he felt he saw like really bad. He's like, oh god, yeah, I'm really sorry, really sorry. And then the girls started walking off, and I was like, oh, fuck, you know, he's messed up my set here. So I go, girls, I'm really sorry about that. You know, sometimes we get these kind of people in here. She goes, what? He wasn't with you? I go, of course not. What are you talking about? And then they were kind of relieved, like, oh. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> so I was like, but then what must have been really painful of them is like, you know, they saw me later on, like get those girls number and then leave with them. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't pay to be the asshole in the, you know, on that scale. It made me think of this story. One time I was out and I ended up meeting this girl and I was coaching, but I kind of had a break after I, I wrapped up kind of coaching for the night and I was single at the time. So I started talking to some girl really very pretty actress and uh next thing you know like i'm i'm holding her hand and then we're kissing and she had a friend and all these guys who kind of knew who i was were walking up and they were trying to hit on the friend and they were trying to hook up with the friend in order to impress me and <laughs> and and they were doing the most awkward shit because they were essentially trying to impress me and what happened was after a while actually the interaction fell apart because the girl the friend looked at me and said What's wrong with all your friends? Oh, <laughs> and I was thinking, like, Jeez. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> I don't, I don't know any of them. I, 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 but they're like, they know your name, and I was just like, well, it's kind of a silly story, but I think it's a, it's a very, what you're saying is a very, very valid point, and that's women know, and both things that you suggested. One, the idea of investing in. And then venue, your surroundings, really like where you're going becomes a part of your social circle and do, and doing that in a real way so that you have some leverage in the environment. I think by where, where you could do something like text the bouncer, tell the bouncer, Hey, I'm having a problem, uh, with somebody here. That is really important. And obviously the women are smart enough to know that if somebody's acting like an asshole, that they're an asshole. And most women, especially healthy women, the type of women you're going to have on, on your sheet once you uh, have both of these lists uh, is going to know the difference. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. Like, you know, your list will, will change. But it's just, you know, if I looked at what I liked, you know, eight years ago to what I do now, it's, it's just laughable. It's ridiculous. But you have to have a starting point. Because then you know what you're capable of doing, and then you actually find out what sort of qualities uh, are important for you. Something, some qualities you think were important actually aren't, and some think qualities you actually thought of uh, that you thought weren't actually really are. Like I never thought that I had like fiery women, but I actually need fiery women in my life now because otherwise I take the piss in a relationship. 
because of the person I've become. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I remember I saw a friend recently that in high school, there were women that I would fantasize about. I would say, oh, I wish, like, I would fantasize if I could uh, date a woman like that, I would marry her and treat her like a princess. And, and, and now, <laughs> Um, I mean, it's been a while, but now, I mean, most of those women like actually have, have no, uh, uh, those women have a family. Yeah, they, have, they, have, they have zero <laughs> chance of kind of ever dating me. And some of them might even be listening to this. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's, well, look, it's, 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 it's the mindset. <laughs> it's the mindset, you know, you, you've come, you've, you've grown when you've realized your capability and your abilities improved over the years. So you can now be relaxed and have that mindset for the guys just starting out. They still are at that level where they're like, oh my God, like, you know, I'd, I'd marry that girl instantly. But it's actually understanding that women are abundant, beauty is common, it's everywhere. As soon as you walk out of the house and open up the door, you see it. But it doesn't define who they are. I always give this analogy imagine it's like Christmas Eve and you've come home a bit drunk and you see the biggest present under the tree with the most amazing bow wrap around it. And it's got your name on it, it's actually got your name on it. So you're feeling a bit cheeky. You don't really care. You're still a bit drunk. You go over there. You don't want to wake anyone up. So you very cheekily just unwrap the wrapper, the, the bow, and just lift the box up, the lid on it, and look inside, and it's not actually what you want. Although it looked the best present under the tree, and everyone's going to be jealous of it when you get it, it's not actually what you want. And that's another conversation altogether to say, just because she's the hottest girl there in the night, it doesn't mean she's your 10. You know, she's just, you're only going to be getting validation from your friends for taking that girl home or getting that number, but you're not actually, again, addressing the core issue. Uh, it's such a great point. I feel like one of the best places, and, and you kind, we've kind of described it, but I mean, I'll be very explicit that you're probably going to meet the woman of your dreams through, and at least I tell my clients, and you can tell me if you disagree, through some part of your social circle, some interest group you're involved in, a friend, a friend of a friend. Oh, you don't think you're going to meet him on Tinder? You could. I mean, uh, um, you absolutely, you absolutely could meet somebody on Tinder. You could meet somebody on OkCupid. You could meet somebody uh, at a bar or pick them up on the street. All those places, I do know people who've met uh, the woman of their dreams using those type of strategies because they all are legitimate strategies. But there's a, a higher probability that if you're looking for as you describe someone who fills, fulfills these kind of two lists, somebody who's going to not only be, you're going to be physically compatible with, but also emotionally compatible with, they're going to have the other qualities that you're looking for that are just so important. You are probably going to kind of like a, approach that you're probably going to meet them. Like I said, through your social circle. Do you have any tips for kind of dating social circle? Cause I know a lot of the guys who are listening to this. They worry about how do you approach somebody at work or how do you approach a friend of a friend? What happens if it goes wrong? What should I do? Um, me personally, I've always given myself a rule of never dating anyone in my social circle. And also, you know, at work, really. Reason being, I'm not a big fan of the whole proximity attraction. I, I believe in crafting it in order to get what you want, but you obviously have to still have your, you know, your hunter game on, you know, in order to position that proximity attraction. But if it's just conveniently around you, like in your instant social group, I think you're being a bit lazy with it, to be honest. However, if you're being genuine with yourself and you think, no, actually, you know, I'm, I actually do like this girl. It's not just convenient. You know, we do get on a more emotional level then the, you have to take it out of the friend zone. And there's two components. It's isolation, 
and escalation. The reason why you are just friends is because there was no escalation. Um, when you come to think of it, you probably never actually escalated with that girl. That's why it's still in the social circle. So you need to create a situation and position yourself well for you to be able to escalate. Can you talk a little bit about some strategies for both isolation and escalation? Okay, understand, understand a female mindset. The female mindset is this, out of sight, out of mind. And I'm not talking about isolation, about, okay, look, you've opened up the group and now you need to go and take her into the smoking area of the club. Or now you need to take her in two floors up or you need to walk her down the street. You simply just need to make sure she hasn't got her friends in view. Like, and that can just be a very swift, pivotal uh, body movement within the interaction. And that is a nice platform to start escalating. Start talking sexually. Start using, you know, you, you guys call it keno, but it's, you know, just, just touching. When you, if you gesticulate when you talk, that's a perfect platform to actually apply a bit of touch. Soften your words when you speak and pacing and tonality. If you look at all the world leaders, the reason why they're so influential people is because they're actually using a hypnosis, hypnotic language and using a lot of rules from hypnosis. By pacing, everything they say, so it sounds very, very important, you know? <laughs> but that is seductive, and they're listening. And if you lace that together with sexual words, then that's a very powerful technique. And that is just by opening a group up, using a bit of pivotal body language, to isolate her away from the group, meaning out of sight, out of mind, out of sight, out of mind, and just using this hypnotic language on her. Can you talk a little bit about sexual words? I mean, you said sexual words. Can you give us some examples? Okay, like words like stimulating, yeah, st stimulating. Um, you know, but, but <laughs> there's loads of words. But to be honest, it's it's be direct. If you're describe uh, everything in a sexual way then things will escalate in her mind. Like you can actually talk about something non-sexual sexually by slowing it down, holding eye contact, and building up that tension. So, you know, I kind of take back what I just said there. It's not really about the sexual words, but it's all about the tonality and the deliverance of what you're saying. Again, it, it, laces, it brings us back to state transference. In your head, your mindset is thinking all those sexual thoughts and you're inviting them into that. Okay, so a guy has gone out and he's used kind of these strategies, whether he meets her on a street, at his gym, in a coffee shop, or he meets her through whatever, a friend of a friend, however the heck he meets her, but he's isolated her, uh, he's escalated, he is now in a sexual relationship. How does he take that casual fling into something more serious? Okay, so... I'm starting to introduce this a lot more to my clients, but it's called the progression ladder. Okay, and the progression ladder is this, like you're always playing on the man of mystery card. If they learn everything about you so quickly, what else is there to learn? When it's just a fling, or whatever you want to call it, it's still actually the early stages of a relationship. You're just not letting her climb the progression ladder. So maybe you actually, the next step up the progression ladder is, you know, take her out for a meal. Maybe if you're just having a, you're simply just having a sexual relationship with her, that'll be something new. 
taking her out for a meal. Then maybe the next step on the progression ladder will be actually inviting her to a social event with your friends, getting her to meet your friends. Then, you know, the next stage up the the progression ladder might be, you know, <laughs> accepting her friend request on Facebook, you know? Like, the big mistake is people, people like, invite people into their lives so freely and so openly without qualifying them, without screening them. So if it's just a fling... She hasn't really qualified to to see anything else, has she? So it has to be progressional. And, and that's another thing on like Facebook and stuff. People put all their dirty laundry up there. They've got all their family members on there, like their brothers, their sisters, their mum and their dad. And if you've got like your, these people that you're dating and stuff, you're not really given much to the imagination. You need to always, you know, leave them. Just always leave something more for them to find out about you. What you're asking really is, well, you're telling the guys a few things. One, you're telling them not to give everything at, at once, right? And, yeah. and and that makes sense from a psychological perspective because if- We don't appreciate, we don't appreciate things just given to us. Exactly. Yes? Law of the universe, whether it be money, a job, a house, a girlfriend, or sex, we don't appreciate it because we didn't have no emotional investment within it. And that's, that's, that's the big thing. I, you know, I've got a lot of girls that come to me for advice as well. And they go, you know, I, I really like this guy. You know, how do I, you know, how do I get him to like me more? I go, well, have you slept with him? She goes, they go, yeah. Well, how many times have you seen him? Once. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> because he's not going to be interested now. You need to leave room for emotional investment. <laughs> you know, like we don't appreciate things just given to us. Like I know, I know if I went out tonight and met someone and slept with them, I wouldn't be interested in seeing them again. So it kind of goes back to the same idea of standards, right? Having kind of standards for, for yourself, for them, and allowing people to invest in the interaction to meet those standards. You need to take a, you know, you need to get out of the micro game and just take a helicopter view on things and look down and just think, look, there's no point in trying to rush the sex thing, if the tension's already there. If it's tension, tension is good. Sex will come. It's not important. Just focus on learning about that person now. You know, and I'm actually, I'm more excited about meeting people and not having sex with them maybe a month or two months. That Yeah, it's building the relationship, building the connection, qualifying. Do you have any other kind of tips for building a strong connection with somebody? We've talked a lot about, a lot of stuff about knowing what you want, okay? And it's, it's how you project that as well and how that's important to you. But being a good listener, you know, as men, we're terrible at listening. You know, her favorite subject is herself. So you just need to find, you know, where to put the key on that. You need, you need, to, you need to get her ticking over on that. You need to learn all the sort of hooks that she's given you in conversation, you know, we, I, I'm, very, I'm very known uh, here in London for connecting very rapidly with people. Like if you, I don't know if you've seen a couple of my videos of how you found me, but I'm, very qu- I'm a very quick closer. I can connect very quickly. It's a mindset as well. It's a mindset of knowing what you want. If you come across this high-value guy of knowing what you want, you're drawing women into this, and they'll connect on that alone. Kind of on that topic, I mean, we are kind of getting towards the end of the close. Before I kind of close this conversation, it's been incredible. Do you have any kind of suggestions for the guys out there who 
want to get to kind of the Johnny Cassell closing level? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So, so the big thing is like, we, so we'll, yeah, we keep saying knowing what you want is the key thing because you're going out there and you're just chasing tail for the sake of it. You know, my job is not to, you know, teach people this skill and this ability and pump them outside running down the street or in Oxford street, like a weirdo, you know, that's not what I do. You know, it's, so I say it's knowing what you want, go out there and, and be more sociable, a hundred percent more sociable. Okay. And I'm not just talking about women. I'm talking to everyone because like I said, another point that we raised in this podcast is there's only so many patterns that exist in human behavior. So put yourself there. Like you've done enough listening to these podcasts. You've done enough watching the videos. You've done enough reading the books, you know, just get out there and do it. Invest your time in doing the real learning is actually being in the interaction you know, if you look at all the people that are successful at this, they failed a hundred times. I mean, me personally, I don't ever see it as I failed. I just come across hurdles because yeah, I'm very in control of the dialogue I use. It's very positive. I use a lot of NLP on my inner dialogue. It's a hurdle because it's it, 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 in my head, it's still moving forward. I never fail. I see that as a wall. But a lot of people are too, have all these hangups like they're too scared to fail. But really, that's where the growth is. You know, if you're not failing, you're not learning. You win or you learn. Johnny, this has been great. Um, I got to wrap this up. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And if you're listening and you want to learn more about Johnny, his products, his coaching, we're going to post some links on the Craft Charisma website and within the description of this podcast so you can learn about him more easily. Thank you so much. Great. Right. It's been a real pleasure. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, Go to the Craft Charisma website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.